to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal with your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's the That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact. We are all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. And welcome to it. Lovely episode for you today. They're all lovely. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. But uh, we have a special treat for you. We have, we have an alien visitor this time. And it's going to be uh, Jay Reptoid. So... If you know Reptoid, that's very exciting. If you do not know Reptoid, let me assure you that is also still exciting. And uh, it should be a good time. Should be a good, good time. Okay, so uh, what else? Catching up on the archives. Uh, Yes, yes, I know there's like 14 episodes behind or something. It'll get there. Just a reminder, patreon.com slash Reversal will get you the episodes sooner rather than later. One dollar per month will get you there i think i worked it out something like two cents per episode or something along those lines so definitely worth it uh but always free no ads no sponsors no kidding uh any case so we're gonna be back in just a minute we're gonna play a reptoid song real quick and we'll be on with the alien himself uh jordan and we'll uh yeah, looking forward to that. So here we go. This is Dead Planet.
was a jaunty little number called Dead Planet. And that is a, a song by an alien entity that no, is known only as Reptoid. And with us now, we, ha- we have a visitor. We have a visitor. Visitor, please, hello. Howdy. There he is. For those that are on the uh, brand maybe. new Instagram uh, TV, Instagram feed, you can see the, uh, the, the the visual components. For those without it, I will just describe that uh, there there's a hat. It seems to be a pyramid. There's an eye involved, and uh, there's yeah. there's some recording equipment of some sort. There's a green greenish robe. I would say green is sort of the motif, right? Was it? Would you, would you agree with that, Jordan? Are you reading? Are you reading me, Conan? Are you reading me? <laughs> I am reading you. Yes. Are you reading me? Yes, indeed. Uh, thank you so much for All joining right. me, man. I'm getting notifications that my internet speed is compromised. <laughs> yeah, glad to be here. I brought my props, uh, lovely pyramid hat. I'm drinking blood out of a chalice here. Um, maybe maybe we'll pull out some slime later if things get really wild. You're doing it, man. So, I'm doing it. I'm here for you. <laughs> Appreciate you, as always. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. The whole reptoid experience it's something that uh well it's funny you say that because i think the whole reptoid experience is very difficult to articulate to people unless you are there uh so therefore it's interesting when folks only know the recorded material which is gaining of course more and more traction as a reptoid fever overtakes the nation as the second most popular pandemic within this world <laughs> what would you yeah. what would you describe right, a reptoid? We're getting up there. Yeah, it's getting up there. It's getting there. It's getting there. What would you uh, consider, or what would you say, a reptoid live experience would be akin to? It's hard. It's hard for me to know being on the other side <laughs> of the viewing experience. Right. Of course. I don't. I don't know what it looks like to you people out there. I'm just trying to hit you with a ball of energy and make you feel it as deeply as it can possibly be felt. And uh, there's a lot of sweat and there's a lot of me not knowing what my electronics are doing at any given moment and trying to react to that. Sure. Uh, Nothing ever happens how it's supposed to happen. Yeah. If you've ever like had a band practice and like you guys are like, Hey man, the songs feel good. You sound right. Everything's clicking. Um, I've never had a show that felt like that. <laughs> it's never, it's, that's so never it's, happened. That's, that's not a thing that, uh, that is, that has happened before. I no, mean, it's, it's okay. never felt like it's never felt like, yes, I, I actually played the song. <laughs> so uh, so um, I'm, I'm reacting to a situation that's unfolding constantly. Sure, of which there, you're not necessarily always the one in control, which is funny because, of course, what you were you're doing involves so much apparatus and so many different pieces to it that uh, perhaps a, a different party involved might choose to have other people do those things, but it seems like it, you feel it's better for you to do all those things. Right. When I've described it to folks before... Yeah, uh... Yeah, go ahead. No, please. Answer our question. Yeah. We allow that. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think 
right. So the uninitiated, it's a one, it's a one man experience. Um, I'm playing drums. I've got a bunch of fucking electronics. I got triggers. I got things blowing up. I got a giant pedal board at my feet that I'm trying to control while I'm just yelling incoherently to a mask in my face. And somehow this is all supposed to be music. So what I've often said, that's the best I could describe it. No, that's good. That's good. What I've often said is that it's like the end of the world, but in a good way. Because for the listener, there's this like brutal attack mm. of. I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely got an apocalyptic bent to it, but not not this lame apocalypse like we're going through now, but like a cool apocalypse, like where stuff's exploding. Cool apocalypse. Yeah, this is the worst possible version of apocalypses, apocalypti that we could have chosen. <laughs> um, hopefully, it'll it'll. <laughs> it'll unfold in a different manner in the future. Yeah. I feel like this was a, whoever is in control of the simulation, just. Yeah. There was a choose your, choose the form of your destroyer. Sorry, there's a little moment. lag. Yeah. I think there was a choose the form of your destroyer moment and they, they choose chose poorly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like I say, it's, it's yeah, the, whoever's in charge of the simulation right now kind of took it off the rails. Yeah. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> you made your point cut it out uh so yeah into the world but in a good yeah, let's reset reset back to 2016 that'd be nice that'd be nice uh it's it's a I, lot i appreciate the description it's a lot to handle uh it's a lot to to deal with i i recall what i usually do is for myself is i'll tell the story of how i came to see reptoid the first time which was at Eli's Mile High Club in Oakland. And I knew the uh, your previous band, Reptilian Shapeshifters. I'd seen you a few times before uh, with um, Survival Knife and uh, like an outdoor thing, et cetera, et cetera. And I said that you told me, like, hey, man, uh, you know, my new band's playing. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go check that out. And I did. And I they have one of my favorite beers on tap at that place and it's very strong and I had a couple of them and that's when I realized like <laughs> when I saw you setting up I was like oh it's just him it's just him and then you just kind of you know counted off and like went right, went right into it and I gotta say it probably was an overwhelming experience for the stone cold sober but for somebody under the influence of uh, high alcohol content yeah. heavy beer it was uh, truly something to behold for sure Yeah, I think that was probably my second show ever as Reptoid. And as you mentioned, this whole Reptoid thing was kind of like a spin-off of another band called Reptilian Shapeshifters, which was a two-piece. And uh, the guitar player in that band moved across the country. We kind of couldn't do it anymore. So I had just been building tons of gear, like pedals, synths, all kinds of weird shit for a few years. And it's just kind of just sitting, collecting dust. And I'm building it just for the sake of building it. And I figured, well, this is probably the time that I could probably put some of this shit to good use and um, try to make this weirdo one-man band thing a reality. Yeah, and it's something where I don't think you need to be deeply bought into the conceit of the whole experience 
to be overwhelmed by the passion that you put forth with it because what I mean it, it's it's not ignorable uh, to be sure like it's something <laughs> like good bad or indifferent for folks like it's going to be something that they're going to be dealing with which I've, I always respect quite a bit and it's interesting to me how much you can get over with stuff that you ostensibly mad scientists and built yourself and was that a matter of you know, hey, this will be a fun right. challenge, or is that something where, oh, this, this this doesn't exist, and I must build it? Uh, there's definitely a, f- a few pieces of each of that element. Um, for some reason, I like building gear. I love building guitar pedals, and I can't play a guitar or another instrument besides drums for the life of me, but I had to try to figure out some way that I could be a drummer and use a ton of fuzz pedals. Um, and you're right. It's the kind of thing that it's can be overwhelming for a listener. I think you're either going to hang out and be into it and just enjoy the experience, or you're going to want to leave the room immediately. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there's not a whole lot of, uh, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of middling, reviews or I don't know how I felt about that uh, when it comes to Reptoid. It's like it's going to be a very clear binary concept. It's either one or zero. You're in, you're into it or you're, you're not. It's music for polarizing times, Conan. <laughs> <laughs> that was inadvertently not a bad question, but an excellent setup. So well done with that. Uh, so what are, what are, and, and knowing full well that the whole <laughs> reptoid experience is a, is a touring concern that you do take it on the road, you take it to other places. What has been your most funny or befuddling reaction to uh, setting up the reptoid live experience? Um, God damn. I said, th- well, I'm going to, I'm going to change my response and I'm going to make it one of the best reactions I've ever got. Sure. Sure. Doesn't need to be someone (laughs) just coming up to me and, and right. If someone came up to me once and said, that was the heaviest shit I've ever seen in my life. And that was probably the greatest compliment I've ever received. That's pretty good. I mean, you, you know, uh, you you know, you're doing something to, that'll get your attention. Yeah. I'm trying Right. I want to make you feel something, Conan. Well, you, you very much do. And it's, it's something where, and again, other than the, the short one sense of scripture I've given, I've usually been like, you should just, you should see it. And no one that I've ever said that to that I'm aware of ever was disappointed. Some of them were very confused or maybe shell-shocked. Might be the better, <laughs> better way to put it afterwards, but none of yeah. them were disappointed. So I played something yeah, off of the, it's, uh, it's, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I forget the last. Playing live to, to me. Yeah. Playing, playing live to me is really the whole point. Like the recorded stuff is great, whatever, but I, I'm not, I'm not sitting back at home getting kicks out of the thought that maybe someone's listening to my record. What I really want is to see your face in a club standing 10 feet away from me and, giving you something and hoping that you give something back. 
Right. And it seems like that, that, and that's an interesting position to take for someone that ostensibly records bands for a good portion of <laughs> your time at living to, to basically issue the recorded material as anything other right, than sure. classic, you know, Minutemen style flyer for the show. Uh, so, right. Did you, do you think that your Reptoid Live experience is fully conceived as it is now, or is it just lacking in budget for more? Oh, it's definitely lacking. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to make this huge. Uh, I mean, you, you could always improve, but I, I have, I have a friend who, um, sometimes performs with me. He just hits a drum and I never know what he's going to do. And he kind of just does his own thing and I disregard him completely, <laughs> but he adds something to the experience. But right. if I had, if I had my little way, I'd probably just have a hundred guys on stage with a bunch of drums and percussion instruments playing along with me that would that would probably be the full experience it's just like an army of drums coming at you a bunch of minions that all were doing your bidding if you will yeah exactly i can be up on a pedestal somewhere and just have a hundred minions drumming along with me and I, i think nothing would feel better than that so if there was a sort of a Vegas stage show, if you will, of, of Reptoid, there would be a sort of a, a human minion chorus, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think, I think I'd like to, uh, usurp the blue man group, take that over, make it the green man group <laughs> <laughs> and just a Reptoid theme green man group. That, that's probably what I'd do if, if I was in Vegas. I mean, as far as takedowns go, or takeovers, I suppose, that's that's a pretty good one, I think. that, that they've, They're very successful, I hear. Yeah. So the... You're doing a great job at throwing these questions at me. Thank you. I've done this before, so... <laughs> the... The... Recording... You're doing a great job at making somebody who doesn't know how to talk to people talk. Well, the, the, so you're, the reason why I brought up the live sound thing, too, is because that's something that you're basically creating your own nightmare uh, in, in a lot of situations, one would imagine. And the fact that you have a lot of unpredictable equipment, you have uh, a lot of oh, yeah. unidentified things that may or may not break at any given moment in time. Uh, you, you mentioned the unpredictability of it as being sort of baked in to right. the concept. Is that something you've had to come to terms with or was that just something that you were just figured you were buying the ticket and taking the ride on? It's definitely something I've had to come to terms with and realize that I'm actually not the only member in the, in the band. Um, all this shit that I've assembled together has a life force of its own and I need to play with it as much as it needs to play with me. Um, if, if I had my way, 
it would all go perfectly and I would be able to play the songs with no errors and every every little piece in the chain would react just the way I tell it to. Um, but that's never really the case. It's entirely frustrating and maddening, uh, probably just as much as having to play in a band with other people that you're always fighting with. So <laughs> to answer the question, <laughs> I think I did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, so it's completely unintentional, but it's it's become required. The, the disaster isn't the show, but it's something that uh, must be part of the show. You're you're making the tiger part of the show, as they say in the in the parable. You're you're absolutely correct. So, how do you approach recording Reptoid? Because I know, as a mad scientist, uh, where this isn't just your conceit and vision, you're also recording everything yourself. <laughs> and you're writing it, obviously, you're performing it. Right. There's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things that are time-intensive and labor-intensive and uh, creative-intensive there. Right. Every, every Reptoid practice is me sitting in a room by myself. Every writing session is me sitting in a room by myself making stupid loud noises and the recording sessions are more of the same. I'm sitting in a studio by myself. Um, the last I've recently or not too recently, a year ago, I recorded a, a full length that's to be released still, um, at a uh, Santo studio here in West Oakland. And my process was to, with some assistance from, uh, my buddy and great engineer, Joe Finocchio, um, he helped me set things up, but then kind of took off and let me have the rain, uh, free rain. But it's, it's me sitting in a studio. I have a laptop next to me that's controlling the computer in the control room through screen sharing. And I'm just playing a hundred takes over and over again by myself and then trying to find the best one. So yeah, it's, it's, Everything I do is made in a vacuum, and then hopefully someday I'm going to play in front of somebody and it's going to click. It's a dangerous way to be uh, creatively when you are in a, not if even a feedback loop, a feedback list loop. <laughs> that you're, you're creating this world and you don't necessarily have, right. you don't have any context for, uh, for reaction to it until maybe much later. So have you ever found that something maybe it didn't work exactly the way that you thought? Uh, I don't think any of it works the way I ever thought. <laughs> it all just, I'm just, I'm just doing my best to have some kind of control and it's, it's doing its own thing and I'm going to have to try to control it even harder or let it be what it wants to be. <laughs> so, I, I I am desiring control and getting very little of it. As someone who's a relatively together guy, is that is that abdication of control for a very controlled environment something that took some dealing with? It drives me crazy, Conan. I can't stand it. <laughs> I must have control. 
And, and yeah, and we've, we've I, covered I, that. I, I want to belabor the point. Every, every live show, I, every live show, I walk off the stage and go, "Fuck!" I fucking hated that. That made me so mad. And I just, I mean, I'm just gonna have to come to terms with it at some point. But the struggle continues. So the so the focus is on the live show, but you're very skilled at recording bands but what you're recording is a very raw brutal thing that a certain uh excellent chalice by the way that a certain segment of the population will latch on to but isn't necessarily something that there's a handbook for how to record so have you Right. a path forward to uh, more easily do that uh, or has it been uh, something that has been an evolving process what's no it's it, it's so tedious and done yeah so making the music the way i make it is completely artificial right i'm not i'm not playing off of other musicians i'm not even playing off of other real instruments in a way every, every sound that you hear in reptoid is a sample that's been made by me and it's being triggered by my drums. So it's a completely artificial way to make music and the recording process in itself is completely artificial as well. When I, when I, re- I mean, more recently, I don't even record cymbals at the same time as everything else. I play the drums, the triggers happen. They all kind of get DI'd and go off in the computer and kind of just live there while I'm playing drums and then I'm going to have to go back and overdub symbols and reamp everything. And there's nothing about it that is uh, like a band playing in a room. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. But that's that's fitting for Reptoid, I think. Have you ever considered yeah, it's, doing it's so, something? It's so dumb. Every, every part of Reptoid is so much more work than I want. <laughs> Have you ever considered doing something that is not as much work? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I've been doing, I've been playing in regular bands since I was like, what, 13 or something like that. So this is, this is the first thing that's like totally artificial and manufactured and not just musicians playing off of each other. And, uh, it's, it's been a challenge. I've, I mean, I've never even sung or done any vocals in a band before Reptoid. So the whole the whole thing was just a challenge to see if I could do it, and then like surprise surprise, a couple people liked it enough for me to say, "All right, maybe I'll keep doing it, and we'll just see where this goes." And um, I mean, I'm still surprised that anybody could ever get into it, but some somehow they do. So I'm just going to keep doing it until people stop caring. So with the with the vocals, and and you mentioned that. That's it's something where their vocals are. I, I suppose the correct way to put it would be heavily processed, right? They're they're uh, processed vocals. Did you? Yeah, you could say that. When you thought about it, and, and that being part of the presentation and, and what you're doing, you you were thinking about the fact that you are trying to do vocals as well as play drums, and then like with another limb, operate this you know these samples and pedal boards and things along those lines. Uh, was that technology something that 
was co-opted? Was that something you just made on your own? Like what? I mean, certainly there's some. Like an SM58 on a mic stand situation at all. Yeah. I don't trust myself with a mic on a stand while I'm drumming. I'm definitely going to chip a tooth or bust my nose open or something in that scenario. I need to be able to whip my head around violently at any moment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not the first drummer who like strapped a mic to his face through a mask or some other means. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen it before. I'm sure you've seen one guy or another do that. And so, um, of course it's not like my original idea, but I'm, I'm trying to, it's, it's not something that I'm doing because I'm like, Oh, it looks so cool to have this mask on your face. Like it's, it's so spooky and creepy or whatever. It's, it's, it's all out of utility for me. I just, I just wanted to, to have a microphone that I could sing into and still shake my head around, I guess. So it's, it's all just functionality, but um, yeah, obviously I'm not the first guy to do it, but in, in the realm of things being processed, there's not that much processing, but I've got just a little, a little bit of uh, harmonic content, a little bit of fuzz and a little delay. And that's basically it. And I've even kind of dialed it down over the years as I've got a little more confident in my vocal approach. At first it was just to hide the fact that I don't know what I'm doing with my mouth other than breathing. <laughs> so I'm just trying to cover it up as much as possible. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I kind of have an idea of what I'm doing now. So I'm, I'm able to tone it down and like let you actually hear a word or two. Well, and so that's has been something of an evolution from the beginning of the beginning of the process, right? Like that's something that wasn't necessarily. A- absolutely. Always okay. Yeah. Every, every word before was indecipherable. I would try to talk to people in between songs and no one would know what the fuck I was saying. And I thought that everyone was just really bummed out on what I was doing and they were trying to ignore me. But I later realized that it was just unintelligible gibberish. And to some degree it still is, but I I try anyways. Well, yeah, I mean, it's no more unintelligible gibberish, unintelligible gibberish. That's funny. That would mess that up than any other band or, uh, or, or, or lyrics. But the thing that gets me with Reptoid is that there there is actually there's content within the lyricism. Like it's something that it isn't just shouting inanities. Like you have a, like a, a worldview that you're presenting that matches the the music of some sorts. I mean, it's something where again, end of the world, but in a good way. But it, it's it's more interesting than you would maybe give credit for, for something that just sounds so much like just another instrument that would be buried in the mix. So as you go forward and continue to do Reptoid and change the Reptoid live presentation and maybe lifestyle brand, uh, how do you factor that in and balance out presenting those ideas versus it just being something else that's, grinding away that is assaulting people uh good question okay well 
Reptoid has Reptoid has become kind of a themed experience. It's it has a message. It has an atmosphere and a world into itself. And that's not something that happened because I sat back and thought about it and thought this would be cool. Um, it's something that just unfolded on its own. And um, it's another one of those things that like, I didn't feel like I had full control over it. It just kind of happened and I went with it. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, if, if you're into Reptoid and you've heard what I do and you see me live, you kind of get the idea about what my views are a little bit maybe and what I'm, what I'm putting across. And, um, it's, it's just something that came out of me and I feel like I didn't really have any control over, I guess. So how much does the form follow the function? Meaning how much of that came pre-existing and how much of that came as it sort of took on its own gravity? Uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, Reptoid is a character and it's not, it's not a made up character. It's like a part of something that's in me that's trying to get out somehow. Right. Let me take this, take a sip out of my chalice here. (laughs) Of course. We always allow chalice sipping. Facts encouraged. Yeah. (laughs) Good policy. Um, So Reptoid is kind of just a, a part of me that wants to come out in this form. And when I open it up and let Reptoid come out, Reptoid bees Reptoid, I guess you could say. Um, in, in a lot of ways, I'm not, I'm not Jordan anymore. And that sounds a little weird, but I think being a performer or being anything, anything like that, where you have to, perform in front of people you start to realize that like you have a persona that you're presenting in front of these people it's it's not the same person that's hanging out after the show talking to friends it's it's something else in you that you're trying to portray and you have a message that you're trying to get across and a feeling that you're trying to get across as that person. Well, there's precedent. I don't know. I'm kind of bumbling, but does any of that no, make, no, I, I'm sure some of that makes sense. Because to if you think about Mr. Conan neutron, <laughs> if you think about like Alice Cooper, right? Alice Cooper has made a special point of saying that, right. you know, the guy that goes out golfing is not the same guy that's, uh, you know, getting guillotined on stage. Like it's, 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 a, it's a show, but it's also an alter ego. And that he's, he specifically mentions that right. during, you know, the late seventies, early eighties and heavy times of alcoholism. Like he felt like he had become the Alice Cooper character in a bad way. And it was destructive to his own, uh-huh. his own life. Uh, so what I, what I'm getting with that is that, there is precedent to it. And I think it's interesting because you mentioned kind of becoming the character. It's definitely something where when folks have met you, they're like, Oh, what a, what, you know, what a nice, pleasant young man. Like he's, he's so nice and, and, and well-mannered and soft-spoken. And then to see, you, you know, go on stage with this like ridiculous, 
uh, amount of gear and set it up and put it in this way that just turns you into this uh, green bathed killing machine that <laughs> is throwing out this debaucherous sound is uh, all, the, all the more jarring and actually makes for a better effect as as an alter ego than if it you know right. if you were I don't know either rowdy all the time or if it was sounded like Mumford and Sons or something when you got when you got up there <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the Jordan that you and everyone knows is a pretty chill guy. Um, I'm not very extreme. I don't party hard. I don't partake. I'm just chill and mild mannered, and I mostly just kind of keep to myself. So, being reptoid lets me experience my personality from another side, and lets lets me be outgoing and in your face and scream things at you and uh just allows the other side of my persona to take hold to kind of balance out the chill guy that you actually know and with that and with the way that the music is as a very as we've mentioned many times before so far as it's it's a very forceful presentation it's a it's a it's a big it's a big show and <laughs> You, still waters run deep. I mean, you have, you present as a very, you know, a, a very quiet man, but I, I, I know that you, you're, you're a very intense individual in your way. And it's interesting to watch that dichotomy and, and to watch you express yourself in your art. And and the reason why I mentioned this, cause I, I mentioned that to someone, I was like, Oh yeah, his only vice is reptoid. Reptoid is his vice. <laughs> Because where others yeah, like, I mean, turn to like crazier forms of expression, let's just put it that way, which you have decided to do is Mad Scientist together, a, a one-man concept band that uh, has a brutalist presentation that we'll go ahead and charitably say is, is, is an acquired taste, but is also undeniably you. And you've made this world around it. You've you've created a world, you've created a universe, if you will, around this thing and this presentation with velocity and force that is uh completely undeniable even if you if you don't agree with or are interested in the articulated vision you're not going to be able to ignore it well thank you for getting that yeah you're i mean you're right in, in the fact that i have very few vices in my life um i don't drink i don't do drugs i'm a vegetarian i I live a pretty mild existence, but a uh, reptoid lets me uh, just express myself in a different way that uh, the chill Jordan doesn't, doesn't come out and do. But um, I'm sorry. I, I, I lost track there. That's fine. That's that's You've heard the show. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so with the, with the image that comes with everything reptoid, there's, antecedents to things like the Illuminati. Uh, there's uh, certain other historical figures and certain conspiracies that, that, that are involved with it. Is there any, yet, yet it all seems like the, the overarching ethos with Reptoid isn't tied to any particular ideology at all. It just seems to glorify in the uh, in the ride, if you will, of the conspiracy. 
Uh, and is that yeah, something that you found easy to implement? Is it meaning taking ideology away from uh, largely from uh, other like more loaded concepts? And I bring that up that you know reptilians in some cases were uh, meant to be a analog or substitution for you know, Jewish people of a higher stature and they control the media and things along those lines. And there's certain ways that that have go- has gone, but I find it interesting that you've just kept <laughs> the cool parts with all of it. And has that been something that's been misinterpreted ever? Uh, yeah. To, to put this on the record, um, there's no, there's no anti-Semitism thread within Reptoid whatsoever. Um, but yeah, consp- conspiracy theories can be a dangerous thing. Um, I I'm against fully saying what I'm into wh- and what I believe, what I don't believe, because I want the art to speak for itself. I want you to look at it and figure it out what yourself what you think it means, and take that for yourself. But um, obviously, there's a lot of aspects of conspiracy theories that I do have think are partially true, if not completely true, but that's, that's not the full goal of reptoid is to like put, put that conspiracy message out. Um, and I, I don't go for all conspiracies, especially I'm, I want to say, I don't go for any anti-science conspiracies. Yeah. Uh, to be on the record, but it's, it's something I approach, uh, with great interest, uh, alternative ways of looking at the world and the universe. And I I think at the very least, it's interesting to look into it and just see what it makes you think. If that makes any sense. Well, sure, it does. And expand upon that a little bit, if you don't mind. So talk to me about what what are, I, you know, I certainly have my suspicions, but what are some of the conspiracies and secret organizations and things that have informed what you have done uh, with Reptoid so far? What 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 is canon and what is not? <laughs> well, obviously, um, I named... I named the project Reptoid and that's after some of the ideas that you might've heard about through characters like David Icke that, uh, that's why for sure. Yeah. 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 A little sip here. Hold on. I was going to say, who's who's a bit of a complicated figure himself to uh, put it bluntly. Yeah. David Icke's a complicated figure for sure. Um, his part of his thing is he, he thinks, Literally, I think depending on what time period you're asking him, but he literally thinks that there's shape-shifting creatures uh, running muck as humans who are really a race of ancient reptilian beings that maybe have been here before man or maybe arrived from the Draco star system, depending on who you ask. But, um, but that there's this race of creatures that's hiding amongst us uh they're in control of governments they're in control of shadow governments even the media um financial institutions and so forth and 
that's it's a fascinating idea um you could take with what you will from that but even if you don't believe it literally there's aspects to it um that whole water i think that there's a class of people that are running this show that we're living in and unbeknownst to us many parts of our lives and our reality are being controlled and manufactured in a way that we're not fully aware of all the time. Right. And that would be the thing where, where that's been interpreted multiple ways by multiple parties. And my, my favorite uh, with that person in general is I believe there was some conversation where someone's like, Oh yeah, well you, you really mean the new world order, the bankers. And he's like, no, I, I don't. I actually mean right. real reptiles that, <laughs> and they're like, Oh, Oh, oh. <laughs> and then suddenly they were bummed out, which is amazing. They don't have to be aliens or trans dimensional beings for the idea to have some weight. Well, and certainly. So how do you, Knowing full well that there's all kinds of conspiracy and that unfortunately consp- <laughs> conspiracy has gone mainstream in a very real way. Right. If you, if you look at, you know, there, there, there are many different theories about the global pandemic we're currently experiencing, uh, for instance, yeah. uh, that are kind of what we'll call a science optional way of thinking <laughs> to be charitable. And, to me, it seems like the whole reptoid world comes from the more Art Bell kind of mm. school, where you have people deeply believing in something or even troubled by something. And yeah. it's not necessarily to pass judgment, but to present an alternate viewpoint that, as you mentioned, is maybe a, a belief process to explain actual situations and power structures that are out of their control be that right. personal or political right i have great respect for our bell um i think i think the way art bell and um his whole platform kind of took the conspiracy theory angle is that this is something that we can listen to and think about and learn about and we don't have to always believe it, but we can yeah, use it as it. information to make us think. Yeah. yeah, we can use it to make us think and question our reality and make up our minds from there. Now, to me, that's like the punk rock conspiracy theories, whereas <laughs> what's, a lot of what's floating around right now are more the new metal conspiracy theories where it's, it's just like, oh, why would you take the worst aspects of this and magnify it? <laughs> <laughs> new metal conspiracy theories is that what you said yeah yeah uh, like like flat base yeah yeah exactly there, there'd be some you know crab walking you know just think, think <laughs> of all the all the tropes that you can think of yeah i mean a lot of that's really cringeworthy i'm not gonna get into that but what what, I, what i'm into is just looking at the world from new angles and at I think that's the healthiest way to look at it all. Right. So again, harkening back to what, what I mentioned earlier, what, what makes it in? Is there, is there like a rule system for like what? There's no rule system. And I mean, I'm, I'm not outwardly professing 
that I believe in any specific conspiracy theories. I'm just going to say that you, you judge for yourself what you think the message is. And as the consumer of this product, I'll, I'll allow you to do that. And I'm not going to get in the way of that process. So certainly there's aspects of the Reptoid presentation that work well. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of the, the alien invader motif of, yeah. you know, a, a raucous live presentation coming in like a, like a flying saucer attack as, as a, for instance, that uh, yeah. kind of work with the thing. But I've, it's, it's interesting to me that you've been able to maintain some degree of, and, and no, I mean this with the deepest respect, the shtick, even through like very mm-hmm. weird, <laughs> very weird non-satirical times, meaning times that are difficult to to uh, satirize or, or or lodge through right. like, through that worldview, uh, have you found it trying sometimes to sort of uh, figure out how to digest that stuff? Um, I mean, certainly you could say Reptoid has a shtick, but it's. I'm not trying to have a shtick. This is just me. This is just something I'm trying to create and it's just coming out of me. So I'm not, I'm not sitting back and manufacturing a a shtick. I'm just, I'm just putting out what I think and what I like and how I want to be as reptoid. Um, but I mean the way that it hits other people, I can't control and I don't want to control but there have been a few times where I've been contacted by individuals who are highly disturbed and I, I didn't know how to handle myself in that situation. Like people who are quite possibly going to go off the rails at some point, I don't want to be a part of that. Um, that's, I don't want that responsibility. Yeah. And and they're looking at it like they found a kindred spirit or they're, you know, or, Oh, I'd like someone to listen to my theories. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to say to all those people, don't look to me to be your leader. I don't want to be your leader, be your own leader. Let's just come and have a good time with me. Watch the show and take whatever you want out of it. But I, I'm no one's role model, nor should I be. So you touched upon it very briefly, but how do you compose the songs that that make up the the Reptoid pantheon of uh, of music? Is that part of the presentation? And uh, you mentioned that there's there's uh, you know you went into it very briefly, but I think it's very interesting because you're a drummer uh, as as far as instruments go by far, but mm-hmm. it seems to me there's a there's there's a bit of a expansion of the of the crayon box towards a lot of this stuff, and I wonder if you might go into depth on that. Yeah, sure. So I'm a drummer. I play drums. I don't really know how to do anything else well. I could fiddle around on guitar a little bit, but I couldn't play a song for you. Um, what's what's happening in a reptoid writing process is I'm probably making some noise with pedals or a guitar or a bass or something like that. And I'm thinking, Oh, that's, that's kind of cool. I'm sitting there with a big pedal board and some noise just happens while I'm fucking around. I think, Oh, that's cool. I'll record a little sample of that one. So I have a little NPC sampler that I use and I'll record a little sample, get that down. And now that sample can be my kick drum 
like, Oh, that's cool. How, how does that work on my kick drum? Yeah. I, I can play a few beats with that sample and see how it works rhythmically and take it from there. Oh, and just build off of that. Like, Oh, maybe it'd be cool with my snare, my floor Tom sample, something else that would play well with that. And maybe I'll have a loop playing on top of that, that I'm going to trigger with another pad or something like that. And it's, it's all just this trying process of experimentation. I'm not sitting there writing riffs or writing parts or anything like that. It's, it's kind of just this free for all of fucking around and thinking, Oh, maybe that would be cool if I could trigger that rhythmically in some way. So what makes the cut and what doesn't when you're just basically (laughs) making sounds like what, where's the dividing line? Where's your, where's your, where's your North star for that? (laughs) I mean, that's, that's songwriting, isn't it? What makes the it cut? Is, what but you're talking it? about composing songs in a way that I'm going to go and charitably say is a little more rarefied than uh, you know a fellow with an acoustic guitar or something. Right. Um, I actually do spend a lot of time just trying out different structures and trying out different ways of playing with the same sounds, and I never walk away after two hours and say, "Cool, I wrote a song." It's more like it's more like I recorded a version of me playing this thing. Now I'm going to listen to it at home and think about it and think how I could change it. And then I'll come back and change it and add something else and add a new part on top of it and record a video of me playing that and then come home and do it all over again. And it's just this really honestly tedious process of going back and forth and changing it over and over and over again. So I think, okay, that's, that's a song, I guess. And, even after I get there, I might play it for a year and be like, you know what, let's change this song completely and do something different with it. And I don't, I don't have to teach anyone else. I, I could do whatever I want. I could change it in the middle of a live show and that's, that's fine. So, and that's something that I think is, is notable too, that because, because of the uh, sort of Unitarian nature of uh, the whole thing, does that mean do you so do you find yourself being less precious about things that way because you can change it and there's no one that's gonna be like wait what 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 are we doing different or anything along those lines um i would say that i'm overly precious about it because i'm trying so hard to control this process and get out something that i'm that maybe is in my head and make it reality and it never turns out, it never turns out the way I wanted it to, but I, I have to try to be precious and then let it become what it becomes after that. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Well, so again, where's the, where are the walls in the building? Like where, when do you decide, cool, that, that's, that's a thing. That's honestly, it's it's almost always at the four minute mark. Whenever I have four minutes worth of stuff, I'm like, that feels like a song. And usually when I start writing something, I'll be like, you know what? I could just put two parts together here, right here. And that could be a song. And maybe I'll write a short one this time. Maybe it'll be one minute or two minutes. And then every time during the process, I'm like, let's add something else. Let's add something else. Maybe put some weird noise over this, add a weird noise thing over that. And it's almost always at least four minutes. Mm-hmm. I go from a, four to eight minutes somewhere in there i think i think if 
if it's long enough for me to get really fucking tired and want to stop playing, then it's a song. <laughs> so, so it's exhaustion based is what you was is what you're saying. <laughs> a lot, a lot of the way I write music is exhaustion based. It has to be like, do I have energy for this part right here? Maybe, maybe I'll make an executive decision and put like a part where I'm not playing a lot of drums really fast, really hard. And then I'll catch my breath for a moment and then I'll play something really fast and really hard again. So do you ever think about that when you're arranging the songs as far as the making sure that you have room to breathe? (laughs) Absolutely. I have to, I have to, I have to write parts in the songs that just give me a space to breathe for a second. And sometimes I'll write a song and I'll put it all together and say, fuck it. I can't play that live. I can't sing for four minutes straight, yell my ass off and drum as hard as and fast as I can for four minutes straight. I, I need a fucking little, I need a little break in there somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of uh, practicality that has to be baked in. And that's the whole challenge with Reptoid. It's like, I can't make this song exactly how I want it to be. I have to try to, to find a creative way to make this sample play off the floor tom and trigger this other thing that starts the another thing that stops what was before it and it's it's a lot of me switching pedals around and stopping and starting loops and i can't have it the way i want it it has to be built with practicality in mind and that applies to like my human interface as well with just being being able to do something engage the exhaustion level and tone it up and down based on whatever I'm physically capable of doing. It seems like there's a lot to, uh, keep track of. It's so fucking much. It's so dumb. Conan, (laughs) this is like people ask me sometimes, like, how do I do that? I want to do a similar thing. Um, and I always tell them not to, because it's, it's so dumb and it's so hard and you get, you get so little in return when you could just jam in a room with two other people and write a song and it just feels instantly great. There's, there's none of that in Reptoid. It's all slogging uphill in the mud. But that said, there is something, there is something to be said for something different, something that that is not like everything else that is that is unique and strange and it's i'm not saying that the american public especially craves nuance uh because i'm not a fool but by the same token when you're when you're walking that sort of path you do tend to find other like-minded individuals and find other folks that along the way do get what you're throwing down uh and right. as for as an example uh, you know, th- there is that addition of dope guns and fucking in the streets that uh, there, there's a there's a Reptoid song on. And right. that was a Tom Hazelmeyer thing that he specifically put on some newer bands that trying to get people out of the mindset of stuff that they listened to 20 years ago. And right. uh, can you speak a little bit to that process and, you know, uh, how, how that whole experience went for you? Um, I have to be up front and say my memory is such shit. I, I forget almost everything that ever happened to me. Don't worry. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure he just contacted me out of the blue. Uh, actually, you know, I'll, I'll take this back. Now it's coming back to me. I met him when I was, I was on tour with you, Conan. Oh, right. Drum, <laughs> drum uh, on tour as one of the secret friends. And, that. That, that was not, I was not throwing down uh, bait there at all. Right. Well, credit where credit's due. Um, in a way, you opened that door up for me. I was able to meet Mr. Hazelmeyer, and uh, we had an excellent lunch at Grumpy's, which is Grumpy's still there? I'm not sure. The downtown Grumpy's is actually now closed, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. It's All right. Pretty big bummer. But So we, we had a great lunch there, hung out, and uh, checked out his art studio, which was amazing. And then, you know, kind of went away and, and forgot about it for a while. But after that, he contacted me out of the blue and was like, just like, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. Do you want to be a part of it? And obviously I had to say yes. I mean, that's such a huge honor to be part of that legacy. Um, yeah, I mean, made me feel great, but, um, I really appreciate the fact that he gave a few unknown bands a chance to be heard on that platform and to be a part of that long running compilation that includes like so many of our heroes and so many bands that we've been listening to for decades. Yeah. And so did you find that that was a shot in the arm for Reptoid in the fact that it's a trusted source, it's a trusted name in, in weirdness, right? Sure. At the, you know, like I'm just doing this weird thing and sometimes I'll get a little hints that people are digging what I'm putting down but to get a little bit of recognition in that way and a little bit of uh, just acceptance in the community that like maybe I'm producing something that's worthwhile after all and maybe some people actually like this thing and maybe I'm striking a note or hitting a nerve and uh, it's it's worth continuing and worth continuing to put my heart into uh, it, it feels really great to have those moments when so much of it is just the, the uphill slog that I mentioned, just working this tedious process and playing shows for 10 people and dri driving really long distances to lose lots of money. We, we live for those little moments where it feels like the thing that we're doing is actually worth it. Certainly. And Again, when you're doing something that doesn't have a quick boilerplate description that someone can latch onto and, and lock into as well, it's already an uphill battle. Then you take into account all of the activity that's required to do the right. thing at all. Uh, you know, it's it's daunting at best. Is probably the best way to put it. Uh, so what? What what are what are some moments that make it work worth your while? Like you mentioned the, the the person that said that was the heaviest thing I ever saw, which is pretty great. Yeah, I, it's 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 moments like that, and that's why I love playing live so much. Is that I mean, I love to perform, I love to play the music, I love to just totally exert myself a hundred percent and tire myself out. And if someone comes up to me after the show just to say one little nice word, like that makes it all worth it, honestly. So it's just, just having that feedback 
and knowing that I maybe made a difference for somebody in some weird way that makes it enough. So would you say that there's a lot of, you know, for lack of a better term, fellow travelers for the world of reptoid? <laughs> well, uh, ex- expand on this term fellow travelers. Meaning others that aren't necessarily sharing, if they're not sharing, nobody's, sh- let's be clear, nobody's sharing your exact vision. Uh, but no. for, for folks that are like like-minded individuals for, uh, Musically and, and mindset-wise, folks you would consider compatriots, uh, right? Trench fellow folks in the trench, et cetera, et cetera. It's it's hard to find a bill or another band that I think, hey, Reptoid is just like this. I got to play a show with them. Those those bands are few and far between. Um, I've kind of been able to strike a chord within the quote unquote noise rock community, even though what I'm doing isn't like Jesus lizard or unsane or shellac or whatever Melvin's um, there's some, there's some common thread in the fans of those bands and the bands that they're playing in and reptoid. And somehow we've been able to, to work together in a way that makes sense. But if, are you asking me to name another band? You can if you want that, to. I mean, you don't. You don't. You don't have to. I'm just saying that. Like, who would? When you think of uh, allies and enemies, right? Who, yeah. Who would be? Who would be some allies that you'd think of that were, if they're not doing a similar thing, you find common cause with? Um, I'm gonna take off my hat here to answer this question very seriously. <laughs> now, um, I, I, I think a band that I, I work well, really well with that I love. Uh, from Seattle is called Haunted Horses. And I'll just throw that out there. Check out Haunted Horses. I don't know what they call themselves. Maybe it's industrial punk Mm -hmm. or something like that. But they're another two-piece thing. At this point, they're also entirely sample-based. They're um, triggering samples they've made through a keyboard and through drum pads and shit like that. But they also have kind of that industrial influenced dark punk whatever the fuck it is mm-hmm. but um I, I love those guys I've, I've played with them a few times i'd love to do it again so you mentioned before that you feel that the best presentation of reptoid is uh, the live experience and it is a live experience but as someone who records bands you want to be able to present something in a recorded format. Right. What's been the biggest challenge about trying to get this in a recorded format so far? I'm going to um, put on my consume hat for all of those who are joining us visually consume hats, $25. Come on. Bandcamp merch page. Um, we'll, we'll link, we'll link that in the show notes. Only, only two left in existence. I've got mine. Um, I have not gone shopping with it yet. God damn it, Conan. Sum- summarize that last question again for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. I got distracted you, plugging you, my wares. You went over, you, you pivoted to selling hats. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hats, hats for sale. Come on. 25 bucks. A piece. Challenges for recording Reptoid. This is what we're talking about. Oh, right. I mean, every recording uh, up until this, latest full length that's not released yet every recording was just 
meant to be a demo. And then I started over mixing the hell out of it because I have the time to do it and the means to do it. And I thought, eh, well, this is good enough to release. I guess we'll press it on a seven inch or whatever, but I'm, I'm a recording engineer. So obviously I have all the gear I could, I have a mobile rig that I could just take to my practice space and record a song any day I want. And it's, it's not that much of a production, but the, the challenge is as any recording engineer has is to try to try to get this thing that exists in the air and put it down through electronic means and make it translate in the same way. Right. How do, how do you make something that's supposed to hit you in the chest translate to you wearing earbuds? Uh, You're not going to be able to get that across just because of the, the mechanical limitations of sound. You're not going to be able to necessarily get that across in the same way. Right. So like, like any engineer, all I, all I can do is do my best and try to make it the biggest, baddest, heaviest, loudest, noisiest thing possible. And may, maybe that'll be half half as good as it is live hopefully so where do you feel that the vision of reptoid is versus what you would like it to be in your head you know we, we were joking i was joking around about the las vegas stage show with the the main <laughs> chorus but uh you know is it, is it really that far off base it's it's not far off base because it's become what it is organically i mean in in the keeping in mind that it's completely artificial, but I've made this sound just through experimenting and thinking, Oh, that's, that sounds cool. Like, how can I change that? Okay. Fine. I finally have reached this, this level where I can just write music with the gear I have and think that I'm pretty locked in and I could just keep doing this. Um, God damn, I, I lost sight of your question again by constant rambling. <laughs> the overarching vision, the, the full-on vision. Oh, yes. It out, right? So, there, there not, isn't necessarily an overarching vision. I'm just kind of like taking this as it goes and seeing what happens. Like, every song, I'm just like, maybe I'll try something new here or do something a little differently. And it's all just unfolding organically in front of me. And I've accepted the fact that I have very little control and I'm, I'm just playing with the happy accidents and making the music. So I'm just, I'm just going to keep doing that because control is an illusion. <laughs> we spent all our lives trying to control everything, but how much control do you really have? You just have to work with what yeah. you have in front of you and keep rolling. Talk to me about the, about the hat, about consume. So this is consume hat. It's a black hat with white embroidery and it says consume on the front and reptoid on the back. This is my version of the MAGA hat. <laughs> um, mate, mate, made in Vietnam, but, uh, embroidered in Los Angeles. Uh, if, if anybody has seen, and you should see the movie, the John Carpenter classic, they live. Yes. You would probably understand this hat a little more. Um, the whole premise of they live is very similar to the whole premise of reptoid, 
in that there's these shape-shifting entities that are running amok in society, disguising themselves as humans and secretly controlling us, right? And um, that was made, that concept was made into a movie. I, I couldn't tell you which year, somewhere in the 80s. Normally uh, I look it up, but the computer that would look yeah. that up on is uh, running diagnostics. So sorry, John 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 Carpenter, classic. Uh, I would hope anyone listening to this show would know they live. St- starring Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, doesn't get much better than that. But there's these sunglasses that are being manufactured that our our star finds. And he realizes that he can see these shape-shifting entities in their true form. He could see the billboards and advertisements and magazines. And he could see their true message for what it, it really is. It's not an ad for cigarettes. It's just a black text on a white background that says consume, right? Things like that. So consume is one of the messages from They Live. And I think that movie has a lot of messages that parallel our own reality. And um, if you haven't seen it, go watch it right now. But it's, uh, it's, it's, in- it's interesting to think about it in the fact that the ads that you're seeing, the commercials you're watching, the messages that you're hearing, maybe from the government or uh, from industry leaders, they're not saying they're here for you. They're not saying we want to be there for you and help you. Maybe they're actually just saying, buy our shit, keep, con- <laughs> keep consuming, stay on the path that we laid out in front of you, keep making money for us, likewise, and so on. Which, yeah, in the, in the comments, they're saying it's a 1988. <clears throat> was the, 88. They live. So, but it's Thank really you. not much has changed, honestly, and as, as far as that goes for... Yeah consumerism right uh, it's a bold hat i can't wait to go shopping with it <laughs> yeah and then about talks about talk about the song the song is just uh, on on the same element yeah the song is very much on the same element um the song the song is from the dope dope guns fucking in the street volume 14 as we talked about a little earlier but yeah, the song is very much on the same element. And that overarching theme is a part of a lot of the Reptoid songs. I actually have a hard time writing a song about something totally different. <laughs> so so there's not going to be a, an album of Reptoid uh, love songs, like songs, songs <laughs> to invade your lady's planet with? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I can't say no, but I would have to be pretty old. So, what do you when you're trying to get a message across lyrically uh, in the way that you are presenting everything else with with Reptoid? Does it choose? Does it change how you choose your words? Let's put it that way. Um, you like, talked a lot about pragmatic like, concerns, like making right, like leaving in spaces for breath, things along those lines. Yeah. It's, it's another part of this challenge where I'm trying to get something across, but I have to do it solely within means that I'm capable of doing. And maybe this thing that I'm in my head has to change to fit what I'm actually capable of. Right. I can't, I can't just be screaming my ass off the whole time nonstop. 
I have to tailor my dynamics and I have to leave one little period here for me to suck in air before the next thing starts. Right. Because but, you're not just singing. You're also hitting the drums. You're uh, yeah. samples. There's, there's, you know, I, I get it. At times it almost seems like you have octopus arms going on just from all the motion. I, ha- I have to. Um, but the, the way the lyric writing unfolds is a lot like the rest of the music. Like I don't sit down with an agenda. It just kind of happens and I roll with it. And uh, I modify it based on, you know, how many syllables I can do in this bar and how many syllables I can do in that bar and change it and tweak it until it's something I can do and it still gets the same point across. And is that a trial and error process or is that something that you feel like you've got pretty much completely? That's completely trial. Everything Reptoid is trial and error. Going, <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I'm capable of until I try it. And then I might do it a hundred times and say, fuck that. I, I can't sing this part over these drums. Like something has to change. That's, that's the challenge of Reptoid is trying, trying to bring the concept out and trying to bring out what I'm thinking, but in a, with methods that are so limited I can't just have this song and this beat and have everything the way I want it to be. I have to change everything just, just to make it be able to become, if that makes any sense. No, it does. And it's something where it seems like it would take a lot of patience to do so much like one of these things, let alone all of them. So much Conan. I have endless patience. I'm a patient man. Talk to me about no human. Also speaking, speaking lyrically. I need to refill my chalice. Refill your chalice. Can we take one sec? We can talk uh, talk about no human. Yes. Go ahead. Virgin's blood. One moment. Okay. Jordan is going to go sacrifice a virgin and uh, drink out of his mighty chalice. Uh, I'd like at this point to mention uh, reptoidx.bandcamp.com is the Bandcamp page to find most things Reptoid, if not all of them. I know there's a there's an upcoming record coming. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, thank you. Yes, thank you, Radio Nope Instagram, for posting that. Appreciate you. All right. Well, I'm a quiet fun. man. I'm not used to talking this much, to be honest. I'm a pretty quiet guy. <laughs> Ron is saying virgins are overrated in the chat box, so... <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take any blood I can get, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to self-quarantine, you gotta can't be choosy about your blood. Right. We have to be flexible on our demands in this trying time. <laughs> flexible about your blood demands. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. That could be a new Reptoid Zonk title. <laughs> so no human is what we were talking about. Uh, no human. Let me remember which one that is. Every song title is a fake song title. I, I don't call it that in my own mind. It's it's just something that I, I had to I had to name it something. So, it, oh no, you know, humans the one that's on the Secret Friends split, it is, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's on the Protons and Electrons series, correct? Um, a lot of that one has. Uh, again, we're going for the end of the world sound, right? I'm I'm riding you through the apocalypse, but. A lot of that song is kind of about what we were talking about earlier in 
in the fact that Reptoid is a persona, but it's not completely artificial. It's it's a, a part of me. It's part of who I am that I've chosen to let out in this fashion, right? And a lot of uh, No Human is about kind of the masks that we wear in daily life. Maybe you have a mask that you put on for work, mask that you put on for your social life, mask that you put on for your family. And we're all, we're all faking it and we're all trying to be human in this way. And what part of it is real and what part of it is just the mask? I think that's an interesting part of the question, kind of what I'm exploring in that song. It's one I certainly heard a lot, so it's one of the reasons why I, was, I thought there was some lyrical content there that was, if not more relatable, uh, certainly less uh, ethos-intensive as other yeah. other Reptoid songs. You don't have to be a reptilian shapeshifter to understand the idea that we're, we're putting on masks in our daily life to try to present who we think we are or who we want to be. And each one is tailored to each individual situation. And uh, it's just kind of an interesting thing I was ex exploring in that one. Can you speak about the record? I think it's been announced, right? Oh, um, in no official form, really. But yeah. Uh, um, let's, let's, yeah, let's, 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 let's break the news here. This is the place to break it. Yeah, let's, let's let the cat out of the bag. Um, learning curve records. Uh, I've recorded this thing a year ago, over a year ago. It's been finished for a long time. My goal for 2019 was to release this record in the summer and do a big tour and do PR campaign and all that kind of bullshit. Right. But that didn't happen. Um, partly because I spent too damn long mixing it and partly because i had some health issues that kind of kept me back last year but uh i'm back and i'm in full force now and ready to not tour again because we're in a pandemic 20 2020 was supposed to be my big year again releasing debut lp big tour pr campaign blah 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 but um that ended up not working out either so i don't know what's going to happen with a record now the record's called uh, Worship False Gods on Learning Curve Records. And uh, it's it's being printed right now. We'll see when it's done. Who, who knows how long it's going to take. Yeah, who knows what position anyone's... <laughs> who knows how many more people will die between yeah. now and then. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> see how it shakes I, out, right? <laughs> maybe the vinyl manufacturing plant is still running. Maybe it's not. I have no fucking clue. My plans are on hold. I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to release the record whenever it's ready? Am I going to hold out for the big release with tour that I wanted? That's probably not going to happen for at least another year. So yeah. I kind of haven't figured it out yet. I'm just going to have to see how the situation unfolds, Conan. Okay. It's well, a developing situation. I appreciate you breaking news I've already known about for a really long time. To <laughs> <audience>. <laughs> yeah. It, sh it should have been a year ago, to be honest. Like, I just been sitting with my thumb up my ass assuredly not the case so jordan i want to thank you so much for for spending time with me and, and, and doing this and and going full bore as you always do uh with with all things you do and it's been a pleasure the last thing it's the only can question i ever have it's uh i just asked 
ask folks, why do you do what you do? Because I don't know any other way to be. That's as honest as I can answer it to you. Well, I'm glad that you're the way you are, and uh, I'm, I'm glad for the music you make, and I'm glad there's more of it coming. Thank you very much, Conan. You're the man. Love you. Respect. Take care, brother. Stay safe. All right. Later. And there he goes. The Reptoid. The Reptoid. Jordan Soblo. No, it is not. That's not the time for freaking OS upgrades. Come on. Ran a show here. Uh, yeah, so reptoidx.bandcamp.com for most things Reptoid. Let's hear, uh, let's hear consume.
Okay, that was No Human by Reptoid. That is off of, well, I know exactly what that's off of. That's off of Protons and Electrons, Adam 5, the Conan Neutron, the Secret Friends split single series. That's available on vinyl as well as digitally on uh, any of the normal things that you would find your digital stuff in. Um, I'm not dealing with Instagram feed anymore. I can turn that back up. Right? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, reptoidx.bandcamp.com. Before that was Consume. That is off of the Dope Guns and Fucking in the Streets soundtrack volume, uh, I don't know, 7,005. I don't know what it is. 14, 15? Sure. That's great. Uh, also comes with the Reptoid hat, the Consume hat. Well, let me tell you, folks, I'm not much of a hat person, but uh, I got that hat. Let me put it to you that way. <laughs> I don't know why I said it in that voice, but I did get that hat, and I'm, I'm very excited about it. So, okay, cool. Um, what are we going to do here? Let's play another let's play another Reptoid tune. Do one more, then I'm going to close it out. And, uh, yeah, let's do Overlords.
Yeah. Overlords by Reptoid. That is one of one of many tunes by Reptoid. I forget what the, the Scum Supreme, I think, is what that's on. Anyway, well, whatever. It's, you can find it on the internet. <laughs> find it on the internet where the rest of that stuff lives. Uh, there's also a Mission Recorders YouTube thing I would highly recommend for people that uh, like what they heard. I recommend it even if uh, you didn't like what you heard. But Is this thing on? Regardless, here we are. Okay, Jordan Salo, Reptoid. That was a treat. Love that dude. Uh, Reptoidx.bandcamp.com to check that out. And I hope you do. And I hope you do. I don't know why I said like that. The name of the show is Gunner Neutrons Protonic Reversal. It airs on RadioNope.com. Podcast at RadioNeutron.com for free, always. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. Patreon.com slash Protonic Reversal to support the show. One dollar a month will get you all the episodes immediately as soon as they're available. Words and all. Signing off. Not compulsory. Everything's always free here. Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Rob Montage of Wax Eater tomorrow in my personal timeline, as well as Tony Visconti, David Bowie producer, TRX producer, I've got lots of Thin Lizzy. Uh, it's Thursday, so stay tuned for that. Watts of power. What else? Yeah, buy that consume hat if you like hats. This microphone. I can't think of anything else better to go shopping in. Sound into electricity. Stay safe out there. Can you hear me now? As always. Out on Route 128, dark and lonely. Take it easy. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
if you're the fifth caller. to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio. The last announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? if there's no one there to receive. It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day,
emergency. 